Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Notes from the Ivy League. And for this week's episode, I'm here with Alejandra Collado. She's originally from Peru and moved to Florida in her early childhood, and she ended up attending NYU, graduating with honors from the Gallatin School of Individualized Study, where she concentrated on Latin American studies, immigration, and politics. Now she's a program coordinator at Brooklyn Law School's Public Service Law Center, and I could go on and on about what she's done, but um, I'll let her do that for you. Alejandra, thank you for joining me this week. No problem. Hi, how are you? Thank you for yeah, having no me. Um, I'm good. And how I like to start off every podcast, every episode, is just for my guests to share about their story and how they got to where they are today. So can you do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so like you said, I was born in Peru. I stayed there till I was about four years old, and then I immigrated over here to the United States. I lived in Jersey for a bit, and then we moved down to Florida, um, part Orlando, and then grew up, went to high school in a very rural town. Yeah, and I was one of the first people in my family to go to college, which was really difficult, mostly because I had no idea what I was doing and no one in my family had any idea what I was doing. And my school just like had a, they weren't really supportive of me wanting to go out of state. They very much were very much like, you should apply only in state. And I ended up being one of only two people to leave the state in a class of like 400 yeah so yeah I went to NYU not knowing absolutely anything about it I didn't even know NYU had different schools within it I I really like had no clue about financial aid or anything and the only basically resource I had was my aunt who also went to NYU and she was basically like apply and go and I was like okay sure I don't know what I'm doing um But my identity really drove what I studied. I studied Latin American studies and immigration and politics. And part of that was because I'm an immigrant and I guess I wanted to know about more about the history of Latin America in relation to the United States and imperialism. And I had no idea about any of that. I never learned about any of it in high school. So I was really interested in it. And that more evolved into like politics of today and immigrants today and My thesis focused on how the United States manipulated language in order to create the illegal immigrant and how we've created this idea of the illegal immigrant, but mostly it's used to exploit black and brown migrants and the forms in which migrants today are actually dismantling those notions of borders and citizenships and belonging and what it means to be a citizen in the United States when they can be multiple citizens now of like two countries and politically participate in multiple countries and just do so much more than what our conventional ideas of borders limit us to. Yeah, and so now I am working at Brooklyn Law uh, as a program coordinator. I basically help the public service advisors schedule appointments with students, helping students who are public service driven uh, with the resumes, interviews, things like that. And I also help run the pro bono projects. I actually just helped coordinate a pro bono project to go to Puerto Rico over spring break, and they helped Puerto Ricans with FEMA appeals, which was really great. And it's just like really fun projects I got to do that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. But I'm just working here until um, I'm taking my LSATs in August and or September, really. And then I'm applying to law school, hopefully this fall, and if not, next fall. Okay, and you, you you kind of talked about this earlier when you were mentioning how you mm-hmm. didn't know anybody 
in New York, basically, when you went to uh, NYU. So can you talk more about how that whole process went and that discussion with your your family went? Oh, yeah. It was not a happy discussion, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) They were very set on me going to University of Florida because Florida has this really actually incredible program where if you do enough volunteer hours and if you get enough good grades, then you get to go to school for free, Mm -hmm. basically. Uh, they pay completely full full ride to anywhere you go or like any participating school. And um, I actually forgot to fill out a form for my financial aid. And I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I just thought it was an extra form. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really think it part, um, it uh, was. I, don't, I just like didn't fill it out. And it came back to bite me in the ass because uh, <laughs> They basically were like, hey, you didn't fill out this form, so now you get no financial aid. And I was, like, so distraught, crying, because not even because, like, oh, my God, now I'm stuck in Florida. It was more because, like, oh, my God, now I'm stuck in Florida and had to pay full tuition (laughs) because I forgot to turn in. Yeah, because I forgot to turn in my volunteer hours, even though I did them, I just forgot to turn them in. So I wasn't getting a full ride to any place like I was getting regular tuition. But my family didn't know that. And so they're just like, oh, she really wants to go to New York. And she's just like upset about it. And I was like, no, oh, my God, I'm gonna have to pay full tuition for like UF, which Mm -hmm. is a great school. Um, But I guess so what ended up happening was my family called NYU financial aid and basically which was very Latino of them was like just yelled out their ear for two hours basically being like this is ridiculous like she forgot to fill out a form doesn't mean she shouldn't get financial aid and they ended up giving me financial aid uh and I got a 75% scholarship which is incredible for NYU um so I got to go but that's one thing I would definitely like advise everyone is to learn about financial aid because I had no clue whatsoever. Even the word financial aid, I feel like people think means like scholarships and grants, but it also means mm-hmm. loans. And I just assumed like all the school, I got scholarships to all the schools I got into, but also was offered a lot of loans. And that made it seem like, oh, they're paying for everything. But really it's like, no, they're just offering you loans which I had no idea at the time. Um, yeah. Uh, but coming to New York, my I, my family recently just told me that they thought, you know, I would last like a week and then I would come home. Like they really did not think I would mm-hmm. stay here. And uh, it was it was kind of easy because I have family in Jersey and I visited New York many times and it was exciting. It was really, really exciting to be at a place that's completely different from like the suburbs of Florida where nothing ever <laughs> happens. And it was just really invigorating and also just incredible. I went to a really rural high school in Florida, like very, very rural. Like they would have redneck saying of the week every week rule. Like it was just like <laughs> not I grew up in Orlando at first and then I went to this very rural place that I was just like didn't fit me at all and it was just really nice to be in New York discussing ideas and my seminars with like 20 other people like it was just small classrooms reading books and it sounds super nerdy and super liberal but like it was just so nice to like 
hear other people's perspectives and I was like whoa like they're not like my perspectives and I'm learning and absorbing and like absorbing what like the students say and absorbing what the teacher is saying and I'm a huge nerd so I love every second of it and yeah it was great it was I think the best decision I've ever made yeah yeah like I think that in in a lot of communities like I grew up in Arkansas um mm-hmm. and I, I going to going back to like the whole rural community thing um and this this applies to any community really like sometimes it can feel like you're living in an echo chamber where everyone is saying the same thing and believes the same thing and then you're like that odd one out that's like thinking oh like I want to go to college out of state I want to do this I'll do that and when you escape that it feels so refreshing and like you said invigorating and it's it's just so stimulating to be in a new environment and I, I don't think I think a lot of people don't understand that urge that feeling and then also to go back to like your comment on financial aid like I, I really think the lack of financial aid education in this country is baffling. Like we should not be at this point in you know 2018 where so many people, including myself, did not really know about financial aid. You know? Yeah, no one talks about it. No one. I had guidance counselors at my school, like career counselors at my high school, and like no one. It was never a topic of discussion. Like it was more like take the SATs, take the ACTs, apply mm-hmm. to schools do your work at like your regular classes and it was like there was no discussion to be had about it and it I don't know when it like truly hit me that I was like oh like I'm gonna have a lot of loans after (laughs) school and even though I had like 75% scholarship Mm -hmm. you know like I still had like right now I have about and right now I moved off campus after my freshman year um and I lived on my own so I was paying my own rent um so I didn't have housing part of my tuition, like part of my expenses. So right. And lucky for me, that was like the case because I would be so much more in debt right now. But right now, like I currently have like 60 K in debt, which isn't as crazy as some of my friends debt, but it's still like a good chunk of money right there. So, Uh, yeah. yeah. But like you said, like in the grand scheme of things, like I'm not sure how much it is to go yearly to NYU but I mean I would guess that's like equivalent to like one year you know is, is that right yes that's equivalent to one year and that's how I always explain mm-hmm. it to my family and anyone who I had this teacher back in high school who was basically like oh what school did you end up choosing and I said oh I'm gonna go to NYU and he was like oh well that's pretty expensive and I said well you know if I'm gonna invest in something I want to invest mm-hmm. in my education and he was really rude and was like, well, sometimes people make bad investments. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but 60000 is the equivalent of four years. If, like, you don't get Bright Futures or any scholarships for University mm-hmm. of Florida, that's the equivalent of four years at University of Florida. I believe the in-state tuition there is 20000 a year. So I basically got... And UF, once again, like, it's a great school, but I wanted, I didn't want to go to UF, I wanted to go to NYU. And so I basically got to go to NYU for the same cost of University Mm -hmm. of Florida. And that's how I try to rationalize it in my head. And, you know, I really, like I said, I really, 
uh, enjoyed my school part of NYU. I enjoyed Gallatin a lot. It really let me explore my interest and really hone them in. And I just, you know, I, I thought, I think it was worth it. I oh, really do. Definitely and, worth it. Like to yeah. people that, that say, oh, that's like, that's a bad investment or, you know, why are you spending so much money on school? It's like, it's a buy one, get three free deal, basically. And if your child were in the situation, I'm sure I'm I'm confident that you would you would say, oh, definitely go to NYU, definitely go to Yale, Harvard, whatever. For this at this rate, they're they're, they're just hating. They really just right. I think that person was just just a hater. No, one hundred percent. And it was really upsetting because it was like one of my favorite like mm-hmm. teachers, and I was like, oh, that's how you feel. Um, people don't go to top tier schools just for an education. They go for the the city the location they go for the people they go for like the travel opportunities they go like so many things the network and when when people just try to rain on your parade they're just being haters like i just i just don't don't like it no yeah i uh it was really interesting a lot of people were really uh against me i mean including my family at points they were very much like you know like you should stay in Florida. I mean, and I'm not just saying that it was like super easy peasy when I got here. Like, like I said, I moved off campus my sophomore year. So I had to work. I worked basically like 30 hours a week uh, so I can pay my rent. And I was also working and going to school. And at some points I was also interning. So it was like definitely a struggle. But um, I just, you know, some re- like something in me like, I don't know. I felt like it was necessary for me to come here and I wanted to leave Florida and I did kind of feel like in a bubble. I don't mm-hmm. know if like in a in the sense of thought or political beliefs or anything like that. I just felt like I had gone to high school or I had gone to school with the same kids since I was 11 mm-hmm. and they were all going to go to the same college and I just really wanted a change and I just felt very much, in a sense, also, like, isolated in Florida. And that was, like, one of the biggest motivating factors is that I wanted to do things, you know? Like, I wanted to go out and, like, explore and do things. And I knew if I went to University of Florida, I'd be living in a college town. And I knew if I went to University of Central Florida, I'd be, once again, like, kind of in a college town. And I, like, New York, I just feel like had the, gave me the opportunity to not just, like, go to school but also like live start to live my life in a sense you know Mm -hmm. and like explore who I was as a person so yeah there are people that spend their entire lives in in a city or in a state I'm like why why wouldn't you use the opportunity like the opportunity when you have the chance to go to college to see more of the world like it doesn't like I don't know sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me why people stay in, in the same position that they started in online i think that's a sense of comfort yeah and i think we should just really push ourselves out of that sense of comfort because mm-hmm. i feel like you know growing up we're always in this sense of comfort you know our parents are always around you know guiding us protecting us um or at least for most people you know and it's just a really i think it's just a sense of comfort around it and a sense of security being able close to home and being able to go home whenever you'd want Uh, I was really lucky because I have aunts and uncles in New Jersey that I was able to, like, go and see when I did feel homesick at any point. Uh, 
So, but it, I really think that people stay. And I mean, it's also it's a sense of financial security, but um, which is completely understandable. And I mean, I respect anyone who decides to go to school because it's a huge chunk of money, mm-hmm. whether you go to like a local school or you go out of state, but it's a sense of comfort. And speaking about pushing people on motivation, right? You left Florida to go to NYU. You worked 30 hours a week and you graduated with honors and you're getting ready for law school, which is crazy. Law school, I don't know. More power to you. Um, (laughs) So where did you get this motivation from? I wanted to Mm -hmm. stay in the city. I my junior year, I actually took a semester off. I took us, and I, anytime I tell people that, they always are like, "Oh, that's so good for you." You know, like people don't do take semesters off, and they really should. And like, I always had to explain, like, "No, no, no, it's not that I wanted to. Like, I love learning. I love school. Even it is stressful, but I still very much enjoy it." I had to take a semester off because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. Uh, NYU ended up, which NYU did a constantly, consistently throughout my four years there, something would happen with my financial aid and I would have to fix it or find a solution somehow. But that year I was just so tired of it that I was like, you know, what? I'm going to take a semester off. I can't afford it right now. I think I owed about like $5,000 and I just didn't have the money. And I guess I felt kind of, I don't know proud but like embarrassed in a sense to ask mm-hmm. my family for the money and I don't know I just kept it to myself until I actually did it and I was like oh yeah by the way uh, I'm taking a semester off you know what really motivated me was that I wanted to stay in the city I didn't want to go back to Florida I I and that was the this was the only way, only way for me to stay in the city was to work and pay for my rent and um, I'm actually really glad. I mean, at points, I was so stressed out of my mind. My last semester in college was probably the craziest because I had classes from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I put all my classes in two days. So Tuesday and Thursday, I remember it so well. I had class starting at 9 a.m. And then I had another class right after that. And then I had um, probably a 20 minute break before my internship started. So then I would eat really quickly, go to my internship. And then I stayed at my internship till five. And then I had another class from 5.30 till nine. Um, And I did that every Tuesday and Thursday. And then every other day I worked and it was insane. I've never been Mm -hmm. so tired in my life and I don't recommend it to anyone out there, but that was like my only option and it was my last semester uh and you know I like that's what I wanted to do and uh you said it 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 sucked and like I also worked I worked essentially full-time in college um so I I know how it is and like it sucks right but like you you Mm -hmm. did you made a adult decision and you did what you needed to do, and you, you you freaking, you crushed it, you killed it, right? And one of my motivations for this podcast, and like, for starting it, is because this narrative of, like, college, like, we're basically teenagers, you know, 18, 21-year-old people going out into the world, going to these really great schools, expected to perform at the same level as more privileged people, Right? And then they're they're doing these things and they're crushing it, but no one's talking about it. 
Right, right. And that's why I think this podcast is an incredible idea because I constantly, even now, I will get old NYU emails and it's like Gallatin or like NYU's up and comer, like top students. And it's like students who are doing this incredible work. And, you know, kudos to them for doing, you know, going to South Africa and doing a research project on this and that or like doing this. But like, I, you know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I had to work. And I'm incredibly proud of myself for being able to graduate and do it. And like, you know, yeah, I'm very, very proud of myself for, you know, graduating with honors and being able to do it. And I just like kind of, it's upsetting because I I know there are so many students like me that are doing the same thing. And, you know, I think they're just as incredible of students because, you know, they're able to do, go to school and work get good mm-hmm. grades, you know, actually really develop their studies and go to internships at times and do these like, you know, what a regular college experience should be like. And now I feel like sometimes the college experience is like super like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's college experience mm-hmm. on steroids. Like, I feel like they expect so much from students. Like, I don't think growing up, I ever thought like of college students, you know, like traveling around the world to do research projects or like you know, writing these papers or like, you know, just doing this really incredible work and it's awesome. But like, I didn't expect that of myself and I just expected a regular college experience of going, you know, I'm just going to school and that's it, you know? Uh, So, you know, I think it's great to hear these stories of students who are just like doing what they have to do and, you know, kicking ass at it and like being awesome at it and just like regular students. not saying that the other students aren't regular. They're like just really overachievers in a sense and which is great but not all students can be overachievers and I think some I think we should highlight the work of students who are just you know mm-hmm. getting by yeah but in a good sense you know like they're getting by but like fuck yeah for you know getting by you know that's awesome like mm-hmm. college is hard and we like don't really I don't college is very hard and I feel like we just expect it from students and expect students students to excel at it when in reality it's mm-hmm. very stressful and mentally draining emotionally draining financially draining and i think you know it's great to have stories or successful stories for other people to reflect on and to see that like it's okay to go to college and you know just go to college and you know do a couple internships or like you know, do the best that Mm -hmm. you can, you know, and like, I think that's what we should really, you know, teach students going in is like, just really, you know, try your best because like, and don't like get hung up on what everyone else is doing. Because if you do, then you'll feel so bad about yourself because like, not everyone can be at the same level, but just do the best you can. And it really, hopefully (laughs) will work out in the end. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. if you're, if you're listening right now and if you work at a college and you are you are an administrator or you are a student that is working with first gen or low income initiatives at your school what I, what i would say to you is if you want to show these students that you actually care give an award for for the students who perform high academically but during the summers they work at the barbershop down the street or they walk, they work at i don't know target over the summer like, if you give those students the acknowledgement, the, the same acknowledgement that you give the students who have the money to go do research in, I don't know, in China, 
I think that you will be setting a precedent and you, you'll be um, putting your money where your mouth is, right? So like if, if at graduation, there just, you know, there's a award for GPA, there's a award for community service, and then there's a award for the badass students who are in the top 10% of their class academically, do XYZ extracurricularly, and they work 30 hours a week. And like, if you make an award or some kind of scholarship, some kind of fellowship, acknowledges the existence of these students because no one's talking about it if you do that it will send ripples throughout the higher education network sphere and i think that it will really really benefit you benefit you in the future and and in the long run no yeah i mean it truly is yeah because you know we do give awards to uh, students that you know do all these incredible work um, you know have done like fellowships under undergrad years and like do all these great things and I'm like that's awesome but there's a sense of privilege in doing mm-hmm. those things because not everyone can do it and if like not even like you know sure like I think it's just like even just giving the opportunity or the resources like I just feel like I love my school so much. Like, Gallatin, I thought was, like, an incredible school and I wouldn't go anywhere else. But, like, their sense of advisors, it just, like, it's kind of just random because all the advisors in, like, academic advisors are also professors. So not only are they juggling advising students, but they also have, you know, their own classes to think about. And I I think it would be just so much better if they had just sole advisors, you know. And I don't know how and what other how the other schools at NYU worked, but just if they had just advisors that were, that was their main, you know, job, like is to advise because there are so many fellowships and resources and grants that Gallatin and NYU offer, but I had no idea about them because no one really was like, Oh, well, you're interested in this. You should definitely try apply mm-hmm. to this, you know, like no one really. And I, and I mean, a part of it is just like, Oh, well, you know, you're a college student. You should definitely just do your research and find out. And it's like, true, you're completely right. But I think part of a school's mission should be to, you know, also provide these resources and very make them accessible to all students, you know? And I mean, I work at a research center now, basically, and I just, I really enjoy it because it's incredible to be that person to be like, hey, you want to get paid for your summer internship or something? We have all of these grants and all of these fellowships. Like, please, like, let us give you money. Like, it's a great feeling to just be like, hey, there's so many opportunities out there that you can do what you want to do and we can pay you for it, you know? And no one, I just felt like, there's a lack of communication sometimes at NYU with uh, certain resources. So, but <laughs> what can you do? Um, gosh. Um, do you have any quotes that you live by that you want to share with our listeners? Um, Malcolm X <laughs> really motivates me. I know that sounds really cliched, but actually the autobiography of Malcolm X is one of my favorite books. It's probably my favorite book ever. And I think if I, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can do a quote or anything, but if there's one thing that everyone on this planet should read is the autobiography of Malcolm X, because I think it will just, just really change your life and give you new perspectives and 
Malcolm X was such an incredible person. And if one thing you learn about him is just that you just really like he read while he was in jail. He just like that's what he did. He just would read a lot. And it's just like education is so incredibly important and reading and just learning new things is so important. And if, if anything, you know, that's where you'll, where you'll get your mm-hmm. quote from um, is reading and, you know, getting new perspectives and learning about new things and also just recognizing and understanding these beautiful parts of life and of your identity and of yourself and, that's my one advice is for everyone to read, but especially to read the, Malcolm, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about or share before I, I let you go? Um, if for people who are going to college, especially immigrants, especially low income, especially marginalized communities, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to study what your parents want you to study. And I just want to say that, don't do that. Just study what you want to study because, you know, your parents, of course, like they've sacrificed so much for you and there's a sense of obligation to, you know, do something that's f- like financially successful and something that you can pro- um, be, um, what's the word, like prosper in. But um, just study what you want to study because it, if you really love it, you will find a way to make it work as a job and if it doesn't that's totally fine and jobs are very different than what you have to study and you know I studied what I love to study and that's what really made the difference because that really motivated me to go to school every day and go to classes even when it was hard I really enjoyed my classes and I loved it so much so everyone should always like college shouldn't be about you know training to get a job it should really just be about spending a good like four years of your life just really learning about something that you're truly passionate and interested in and so yes that's what everyone should do uh well alejandra thank you again for joining me on the podcast no problem this was so Um, much fun and it's it's been wonderful to i guess i guess shoot the breeze and talk about this um and for everyone listening I'll put the show notes on my blog, tinyurl.com slash the Ivy League guy. You can find me on social media at that Ivy League guy. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.